Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. No, 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 that's a nice pickup, Blake. No, I, I like it when we start and you're not ready and you're drinking something before we, we start. That shows real professionalism. Real professionalism, preparedness. I mean, it's what this third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet is all about. Coming to you from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. People asked um, why there was no episode last weekend. Look, one of the reasons why, there were a couple of reasons why. One of the reasons why was we've actually been getting quite a lot of momentum lately. A lot of we've momentum. been getting a lot of traction. A lot Num- of traction. Numbers are up. In fact, the upper trend is so much, I thought we needed to pull back the brakes a bit. Because I was worried that we might lose third position, so I, we we took a week off. We, we were back on an even keel. Thought we so. were getting into second position. Yeah, we're territory. worried. We're That's worried. a little bit worried. Um, we're not ready for that. It, it's not really our style, you know. We're we're not, you know. Blake's uh, mantra of being cool above all else um, means that you know second is starting to be in that that zone where people might think we're trying, and we don't want to appear to be trying at all, do we? Blake? No, we we don't want to sell out. That's no, we don't want to sell out. We you know like. Uh, but speaking of selling out, brought to you the dubious support of the greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum. Get online and get um, engaging, in- interacting, yes, um, sharing stuff with your fellow Raider supporters, and of course. We're brought to you with the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your LPs, your CDs, your T-shirts, your posters, your clothing of all different sorts, all manner of different paraphernalia from people who love the Camberators as much as you. And if you are listening to this podcast, you love the Camberators a lot. Wouldn't you say that, Blake? It's, it's a fair assumption to make. Right, so the Bulldogs win. Yep. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. It was one of those matches where you walked away. Yeah. No, I felt pretty good. I felt pretty good about it after the the game against the Broncos. Mm. Even though we were down at halftime, I was still pretty confident. I, I, that was... I was fairly confident we were going to win because, for a starter, and we'll get to this later in the thing, there were a, a number of issues within that where I, I truly believed the Dogs were given a fairly large leg up. Um, to be in managed the into the contest, really, yeah, managed into the contest. You will note that Ricky is not paying a twenty thousand dollar fine and kept his mouth shut, which is good because he won. But um, I, I was fairly sure we were going to win, and I was pleased with the result in the end. But it's one of those ones where you really wanted some good for and against from that. They probably should have got it. They didn't get it. Now this isn't to put the Bulldogs down. I think the Bulldogs played relatively well. First half, especially. Look, it, you know, and we went into that game knowing that the Bulldogs, although they don't have the most talented roster in the league mm. um, by any th- stretch no but throughout the season you could never really question their effort and there's been a number of games where they've competed well in the first half but it is one of those things where we've noticed especially throughout this season um, the cream rises to the top oh it does and the, the better teams get the job done and go away and yeah. yeah and that's right and look uh, there was a couple of things in the match where I thought mm, that was pretty good George Williams organisation of the attack and taking control of the side and controlling it has really stepped up. I saw some some comments online, people saying they didn't have a good game, but I thought he had, I thought I thought he had, he had a great, great game. game. Yeah. I thought his control of the game, his kicking was very good. I thought Jack White, when he took matters into his own hands, which I encourage him to do more. You know, yeah, the, oh, definitely. The more he gets the ball, ball in his hands, the better we look. 
Um, well, that's but the... I thought his attack was great. Yeah, well, the focus you could see, and I saw a little clip with George Williams uh, during the week, the focus has been for him to play the central organising role, and mm. then so Jack can really focus on attacking that edge. Yeah. And when he attacks that edge, he is as a threatening... Uh, player as anyone in the league. Oh, I totally agree, but I would like to see him whip across to the right every now and then as well. Oh, mix it up. Mix it up. But I mean, but I think he can chime into that and, and really do some serious damage coming over into the right. I don't just want him to see himself as a left-hand side player, and at the moment, it's really through the centre and the left. There's not a whole lot of him coming over to the right. No. I think the team would benefit from him actually chiming in over there every now and then. We'll see. Because his running with the ball is absolutely superb. And the more he has hands on the ball, he did a couple of kicks that were just great. The one that sat up in the in goal that we got the repeat yeah. from um, was really good. Um, and the kick that he put up that Hopawade dropped and subsequently <laughs> Starling scored the try um, was also, like, I saw it going up and it was twisting in 16 different directions. And yeah, you thought, something That's... you see at the ground, really. You don't realise how big and how good kicks are until you actually yeah, yeah. And see them live at the ground. It goes up 12 storeys and it was twisting in 16 different ways that were just, you thought, I don't want to be under that ball, especially with people hairing down upon me. And Hopalade was having a look and it went straight through his arms. But the thing, one of the things that annoyed me there was that Whiten was taken out after that kick. Now, the replay showed it wasn't that late on that particular occasion. Like, there was arguable he was still going through with it. But I thought to myself, well, they were looking for the onside of Starling and um, George Williams at that point, you know, and fortunately they were 10 metres back from where Hopalade dropped it. Yeah. But at the same time, you think to yourself, well, Jack Whiten was completely, you know, Stopped from being there to be, you know, in there. And what point do you say? Well, we've disallowed it because these the guys crowd are inside the ten. Yeah, the, he was inside the ten. At what point the captain challenge says, "Yes, okay, they might have been inside the ten. I want a captain's challenge because the person who could have run them on side was taken out." Speaking of captain's challenge, how stupid were the Bulldogs to waste it in like the second minute? And he didn't even see it. Like he had his hands over. I think he was so oh. upset that he called it. That was that was but ridiculous. He was supported they could have Karen used Holt. it later in the. Yeah, they, there was a couple of times they could have used it if they'd had it. It was it was burning it. And Steve George Allis said in the after in the press conference afterwards they burnt it. And it's like people were saying, oh, it wasn't going to be good the captain's challenge, but it's becoming more and more of a feature. What, well, we what saved ours last till last thirty seconds where you may as well just you just <laughs> use it anyway. Yeah. But um, and a lot of teams are doing that. But I won't be surprised to see a captain's challenge in each half coming up because I think the captain's challenge is actually stopping a couple of blunders. So the NRL might not like the stopping of the play for it, but the captain's challenge is actually stopping a couple of blunders coming up that they would have otherwise have to say, oh yeah, we've made a blunder because yeah. the captain's challenge got over the top of it. And that's that's what it's there for, you know, to, to stop blunders. So although it was good. Another thing that I liked in the um, Bulldogs match, though, was Joe Tarpanay starting. He was running through the centre. He was really good. He had a fantastic game. He, he had really an abs- He just looked... Like, he, in the last few weeks, he's really sort of um, gone to another level. Yeah. And he's starting to sort of... We've always known... He's always had... His potential has always been, you know, to be in another SBW, like one of many, oh, yeah. many other SBWs. But he's had, he's had that potential. And just yeah, the, way, the way he played in that game, um, the way that he moves... You know, he, he's got so much footwork and late footwork and yeah. he never gets smashed. He's basically, most of the times, they're just basically grabbing him. Yeah, when he got that ball, Donar must Louie take a bow because the offload was superb. Yeah. He didn't have any right to get that away. The fact that Tom Starling was waiting there flicked it out straight away. But as soon as he got that ball, he had a lot of work to do, a lot of defenders in front of him. And yeah, sure, they weren't completely set, but there was... He must have gone through six people 
who all had a good chance. And even when he was going right to the line for that, there was three or four on him. Yeah. And, and he went over, planted it well. But I saw the moment he got that ball, he put his head up, he had a big smile on his face, and he knew exactly where he was going. You know, he didn't point to the, you know, like the baseball player point to the stands. But that was his intention from the moment he caught the ball. I am going to go score a try. So that was good. The slow starts, again, uh, annoying. I was a bit annoyed about the disallowed try because they said it went into Bateman and therefore it was a knock-on. But Nicol Klockstad's hands were never off the ball. So yeah. while Bateman may have touched it, the player with the ball surely has to lose control of the ball in order for that. It has to be a ricochet yeah. between. There was no ricochet. Yeah. So we didn't get to see the rest of the things, all of which could have been dubious and could have been rejected too. I don't know. We never saw them. But they didn't go past that. And I was like, yeah, I, his I, hands were never off the ball. I, yeah, when it happened, I, it's one of those 50-50s. I didn't have a massive issue with it. You know what I'd like? I would like, in the video bunker booth, each side has a scrutiny... That's another whole. That's another whole. You actually have a say. Here's what we reckon. Here's what it's going. And people actually live, basically saying, yeah, yeah. But Nicol Klockstad's hands actually come off it because you're making this rule assuming that his hands have come off it and gone forward in that play. Let's not even talk about John Payton was probably behind, not in front. Um, But you're saying is for it to be knock on Nicol Klockstad actually has to have taken his hands off the ball and he hasn't. So, you know, one of those things where you say, yeah, you're making this rule, but whatever. One of the other great things about the Bulldogs' win was only 11 missed tackles. And, like, four or five of them came in the last 10 minutes when the match was over, you know, and the sting had gone out of it. You know, even when we weren't playing that well, as Ricky said, the tries were coming from them from kicks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that wasn't the worst thing. He wasn't upset at all. But, look, we're going to break with a bit of tradition here. Um, and we're going to name our listener of the week this week uh, up front just because he's had a little bit of input on a few of the subjects we're coming up to next. So um, shout out to Tony McKillop. Yeah. Thanks for your, thanks for listening. Thanks for your contributions. A good Raiders man. A good Raiders man. He's on, if you're on Twitter, follow Tony. It's he's good value. At McKillop Tony, all one word, capital M, capital T. Good man. And he's come up with a few uh, things this week that, that's gone in. Um but as you'd probably guess, there was a few things that irritated me, Blake. In fact, you might say they grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears? The Vitala Mariner try. Yes. You know, you made the joke a few weeks ago that your friends and you always used to say there's three buttons in yeah. the booth, yes, no, and Raiders. <laughs> if that had, we have had that many tries disallowed for obstruction call... I know. And the video ref said, oh, it's a decision... I don't like, know. It, it think the guy runs in, runs into Curtis Scott. Curtis Scott is stopped. He gets run into by the guy who stops into the line. He st- Curtis Scott still turns and tries to get to Fatala Mariner and is taken down on the ground by the obstruction runner. I know. And then he sort of crashes into um, into Williams as well, doesn't he? And, and yeah, and he takes that. You like it, it obstructs <laughs> the whole thing. And how they came up saying, oh, that's all fine and dandy. It's like, where did you pull that out of your I, the, ass? The, the bottom line is, now, when they go to um, Video Ref on what's an, what they're going to call an obstruction or not, I have no idea. Because I yeah. would have thought that that would have been an obstruction, called an obstruction 99 times out of 100. Yeah. And now the fact that they haven't called that an obstruction, I mean, and compare that to some of the ones that we've had disallowed recently, yeah. like the Havili one, yeah. where he passed the ball and then he gets in trouble for stopping the line. It's like, where was he supposed to where do Where was he supposed after, to go? After he passed he, the ball, he, he keeps on running off, you know, down into the into the end goal. And... Yeah, it was just bizarre. Because at that point in the game, it was 12 points to 6 in the Raiders' favour. 
Now, if you give the Raiders at that stage a penalty where it was, which is what it should have been, perhaps we go down the other end and all of a sudden it's 18-6 and you're starting to talk about, you know, a game that gets run away with and the Raiders are getting, you know, a good for and against result out of that. And it's not close and we're not talking about, you know, other stuff happening because the the try at the end of the first half, the Carrot Holland try, was just, you know, one of those pinball ones where they just got lucky. You know, the ball stayed in play long enough and they got lucky. I was busy at the time. I barely saw all that because John Bateman was having a set two right in front of us with um, Hopawati. As he should. Well, picked a fight with the nicest Hopawati in the game. Yeah, you're if you're going to pick a fight with a Hopawati, not that one. Oh, don't pick a fight with the other one either. I'm, Any of them. I'm sure it doesn't fit right. <laughs> anyway, that ground my gears because that was just dumb. Tony McKillop has come in and said... What grinds his gears is the never-ending Sonny Bill Williams news. Fair enough. It's 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 saturation. We haven't seen saturation like this since Jared Hayne. Yes. It is it is interminable. And unlike Jared Hayne, who actually came back at an age where you actually thought to yourself, well, he could still actually be, you know, um, a useful player in this world. You know, like he could actually still be a player at this stage who you think to yourself, hmm, you know, he could really add some great value to this side and, you know, and, and do something. Sonny Bill Williams, you know, he didn't set the world on fire in um, Toronto. No. I mean, and maybe it's hard to, but, you know, uh, with that side. Um, but, you know, at the age of 35 years old, and it'll be, you know, you know, just over a month, 35 and one months old, by the time he takes the field on Saturday night. I don't have huge expectations. Well, the thing is, he could. He could. He is one of those guys who has been special since the first moment we saw him in 2004. My point, though, about Samuel Williams and, you know, him, the specialness of him, he was special at that time because he was a big, fast, mobile forward that had an offload, could bash people... But there's a lot more players like that now. You know what I mean? He doesn't really stand out as much anymore. One thing, he's 35 years old. Mm. And the other thing is, he was a bit of an outlier when he came through. Whereas now, you know, you've got Joey Tarpany, you've got Kickout, you've got all these really and dynamic... you're not allowed to David charge Fee- Yeah. Not- <laughs> Do you remember that there was a game, World Cup Challenge, where he got... Um, he got Marcus by twice in the same... <laughs> two massive shoulder charges in the same sort of play. The ball kept on getting passed around. But that was... Yes. Here's a little bit of trivia for you you might not know. Do you know who his cousin is? Don't know. Henry Perinara. Well, there you go. There you go. So there you go. His cousin is Henry Perinara. Henry's not... Who have we got? Who is our ref this uh, week? We'll look into that as we speak. But yeah, that, that that's grinding Tony McKillop. Butler was rubbish. Yeah, I don't think he did himself any favours with that particular performance. He is... He is basically a touch judge of the occasion but before we go any further here we need to go to our newest and most popular new segment Ask Clown of the Week (laughs) and Blake you just said Ask Clown and yet you're insisting that it be typed Ass Clown Ask Clown Ask A-R-S-E Ask A-S-S-C-L-O it's either it's either Ask Clown or if you're going to go with Ask Clown you've got to pronounce it as Ask Clown it's Ask Clown mate I say arse clown. We speak you're English, saying, not you're, American. You're saying arse clown. <laughs> we speak arse. We speak arse. We speak arse clown. We speak English, Where is the R not American. Well, okay. do we? Do we? Do we really? Okay. Well, it's who bit... taught you the freaking alphabet, mate? It's a very... Because it wasn't Dougal and the Magic Bloody Roundabout. It wasn't Bill and Ben the Flowerpot Men. It was the boys from Sesame Street, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Both. Uh, no, 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 no. Who taught you A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Who taught you C is for bloody cookie? 
okay? You want to talk about whether we speak English or American English? I'll tell you what. Sesame Street from New York taught most of us a shitload well, it was, more it was than quite... the bizarre shows coming out of England. It that was... taught us all sorts of things like, oh, what did Naughty teach us? Hating gollywogs. What a great show that was. Well, that taught us, yes, let's entrench the hatred of gollywogs in our society. Dougal and the Magic Roundabout. Don't do LSD, perhaps? I don't know what that is, you know? What the hell was that? Don't be telling anyway. me what those things is. And anyway. at what stage is my heritage less valid than yours? This is a multicultural country. This is a multicultural, and we mix up all sorts of things. And for you to say... I thought your heritage is from Bolton anyway, mate. It's from Bolton as well as from New York, thanks very much. I'm a complete mongrel who came to a mongrel nation. And that's what we are. And we are all sorts of things. And it's Ask Clown, A-S-S-C-L-O-U-N. And you are now my Ask Clown of the Week. But more particularly the video ref for... uh, Allowing the Fatala Mariner try. He's the Ask Clown. My Ask Clown of the Week. Tony McKillops is Fox's SPW cam, which is fair enough. What's yours, Blake? I had quite a few. All right. So I'm not, as as was said previously, I'm not afraid to go after a few sacred clowns, sacred cows or clowns, sacred Ask Clowns. And last week or two weeks ago was Mel Meninga. And I got a lot of feedback on that. I bet you did. A lot of it was positive. A lot of people agreed with me. And some people disagreed and said they were going to come find the um, the broom cupboard in Civic and, and sort us out if we ever insulted Mel Meninga again. So that's probably fair enough. Probably, I, probably I, when you say, if we ever insulted Mel Meninga again, <laughs> I'm not sure where that's coming from. Uh, Jared Sutton's the referee. Um, and we've got Ashley Klein as the review official and Dave Munro and Ziggy on the touch judge. So, you know, that's... Ziggy Niscott. Uh, Ziggy Prezikla Adamski. I can't say his name properly. Uh, Hell of a nice guy, though. And oh, shout-out to Jeff Eunice out there. I don't know where you are. You must be doing it hard out there, Jeffy. But the the, the best touchy in the comp for some Sorry, reason mate. not getting any games. Ask clowns that I was going to talk about. So I'm not afraid to go up. Raider Nick, I was driving um, I was driving my son to soccer on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And Raider Nick, we're not doing the Raiders stuff, which he does a very good job of. He also is just a regular... Um, Post on 106, and he referred to um, Depeche Mode as Depeche Mode, and that really upset me as as one of the biggest fans of you know the the 80s synth supergroup. It's either I don't know whether he just thought it was you Depeche. You just can't get enough. I don't know if he just thought it was Depeche Mode, or it was one of those things which they do on like FM radio where they start referring to bands as like instead of the Foo Fighters, the Fooey Fighters, or you know the Powdies. The Fooies, you mean? The Fooies, <laughs> the Powdies. Etc. Et I didn't like it. So a nominee for Ask Clown, but not the Ask Clown of the week. Another nominee this week. We've got you to get an honourable mention. Yeah, an honourable mention. <laughs> we've got to, we've got to get it in there. Um, Cameron Smith and oh. the circus that is Cameron Smith. Oh yeah. Will he or won't he? It's just so annoying. Who cares? And he, he, well, he does it all. Who cares? I'll tell you who cares. Buddy Harry Grant cares. The hectic cheese Brandon Smith cares. Yeah. It's really annoying and frustrating, and he just. He clearly just loves the circus. He does. He, he Cameron Smith is telling everybody he's the biggest thing in the game, yeah. and he still is. He dumped um, poor old um, Kevy Walters in the crap by you know making him think that he was going to play for Queensland mm. until two weeks out, and then deciding that he was retiring. He always knew what he was going to do, but he just loves the the, the circus and the theatre. And yeah, it's a way of him to yeah, exact like you said, think that he's bigger in the game. Um, I actually have a theory. And look, on- he's thirty-seven years old. How is he still so good that he's still controlling this? I know, it's frustrating. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's How frustrating. Is it, he's still saying, so let's just look at this though. Um, State of Origin won the Ron McAuliffe medal 
15. Dallium Hooker of the Year, 06, 08, 11, 12, 13, 16, 17, 19. Dallium Player of the Year, 06, 7, and 17. Dallium Rep Player of the Year, 07, 11, 13, and 16. Golden Boot Award, 07 and 17. Wally Lewis Medal, that's the Origin Best Player in Origin, 07, 11, 13, and 16. Hooker of the Year, 08, 09, 11, and 12. Dallium Captain of the Year, 11, 13, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, Rugby League International Federation Player of the Year 2012 and a Harry Sunderland medal. I don't even want, know what that's for, 2014. Look, and he could have got, you know, all those other awards probably a whole bunch more times than that. He's got sick of giving it to oh, him. So and again, and, and why wouldn't he get sick of it? I mean, yeah. like, his test match for Australia, 56, you know, for Queensland. I, I, you know, that, that This is not a show. This is not a segment where we're going to praise... 42 okay, matches okay, for enough, Queensland. Enough of your boring stats. But he, he which has we're played not almost 100 representative matches. I know. It'll never be done again. I know. That's why he's the greatest player of all time. And look... I, I don't even think we need the five-year waiver for no. the immortal status. I think just give it to him and give Barb another ring and be but, done with it. But wouldn't it be better if he just sort of you know, conducted himself in a slightly less arrogant, annoying manner so that we could sort of He can't help celebrate. it. He's a, he's a natural-born turd. Well, this is the thing. I actually have a theory about Cameron Smith. Okay, um, go. I think that he may suffer from a condition. Uh, and the reason I know a bit about this condition, I've researched some of the, the, the symptoms and you know mm-hmm. signs of this condition because my partner accused me of having it at one stage. I managed to convince her I don't have it, but uh, narcissistic personality disorder. Is that right? There's a number of traits, and apparently if you have... Is that better or worse than my autism spectrum disorder? <laughs> just different. <laughs> different. Just, right. just different. Um there's a number of traits. I'm an excellent that, there's, driver. There's a number of traits um, that that indicate that you suffer from this condition, and I can list some to you. Apparently, if you score on five or more, yeah, it's a sign that 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 Cameron Smith has a condition. So one, grandiose sense of self-importance. Yep. Do you think that applies? Totally. <laughs> Preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, uh, or beauty. Well. Definitely. Unlimited belief, success and power. Belief that they're special and unique and can only be understood or should associate with other special or high status people or institutions. Almost certainly. <laughs> need for excessive admiration. Well, he gets it anyway. Yeah, so exactly. I don't know if sense he sense of entitlement. Totally. Uh, interpersonally exploitative behavior. Now, we haven't met him personally, but no. we've heard tales. <laughs> Lack of empathy. Don't know. Don't know. Yeah, I think it definitely applies. Uh, I mean, I don't know to say that. I'd I'd like to think that because I want to slag him off, but I don't know whether he has. Uh, there's there's been a, there's been a couple of instances on the field that may may. Uh, oh, do point not bring that. that up. May point to don't that. Don't bring it up. Uh, There'll be a lawsuit on our hands. Envy of others or a belief that others are envious of them. So I, I probably he's probably not envious of others, but I'm certainly I think he would believe that others are envious. And of other him. are envious of him. That's just a fact. Yeah. Demonstration of arrogant and haughty behaviours or attitudes. Positively. <laughs> so, I'll leave it up. I'll leave it up to listeners. Um, we're not saying that he does ha- suffer from this, but you know, I, I've, I've, I've thought at times that yeah, there's, there's something about him, personality-wise. He's a bit, he's a bit off. Yeah. At least he's, he's going bald, so that's good. Yeah. So what else you got for us? Any more ask uh, clowns? And then, so that that was that was that wasn't those that are your honourable mentions. Yeah. The, the ask clown of this the week is undoubtedly Channel Nine, mm-hmm. who have in their infinite wisdom, missed out on on actually cashing in on the whole Sonny Bill Williams thing. It's going to be on Foxtel. 
Yeah. And meanwhile, what, have the, what are they showing as, as their three picks? So you know, we've got uh, on Broncos. tomorrow night, we've got the Broncos versus Penrith, a real blockbuster. Yeah. Then on Friday night, we've got South Sydney versus Melbourne, which is worthy of a free-to-air spot. Come on. That's definitely worthy I of I think it. the way that they, that they then could... then on Sunday at the Central Coast Stadium, we've got the Warriors versus the Eels. Oh, what a stinker. Um, I think that the way that they... The way, yeah, the way, <laughs> they, the, the way they could market Thursday night games is, will the Panthers score 100? Yeah. Know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> 50, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. But yeah, they could have easily had this game and had the Sunny Williams Bonanza if it had only occurred to them to maybe show the grand final replay on Channel 9. I mean, I know they already had the first one on Thursday night game, but surely it'd be worth showing the second one as well. Yeah, but that would that... mean giving the Raiders another free-to-air game. I know. They don't want to do that. The fact that it's come up that the Raiders, the most watched Fox team... I know. ...is beside the point. Well, because probably so many Raiders fans have to have Foxtel or KO in order to watch their team. Oh, they... and also we're living in this nice little bubble down here in Canberra. And apologies to all those in Canberra doing it tough due to COVID, having lost any positions and so on. We know you're out there. But on the national average, uh, this town has been insulated from that. And oh, and so at... a lot of people haven't hit their straps where they've had to give up their pay TV And generally a lot of people do like watching the Raiders play because it's usually, you know, something fairly entertaining. Well, it has been in the past. Yes. And also this game as well, Channel 9, not only is a grand final replay, this is effectively the game that's going to decide the top four, more or less. Unless, or, pa- there, unless there, there are two, I think Latrell Mitchell getting injured may not put a stop on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but they can't afford to lose to um, the Storm this weekend. And coming in, uh, they've got Johnston back at fullback, but he's not Latrell Mitchell. They have been playing fantastic football. They do have lots of ability there. I think they can beat the Storm, and the Storm, God knows they're so injured um, that if you're going to do it, now is the time to do it. But the Storm don't go down easy. Um, then for the Rabbitohs, after you've got that match, then they play the West Tigers on the Thursday night. Then they play the Bulldogs, and then they play the Roosters. And they have to win all four of those. Now, it's not beyond them, but it's tough. More likely to fall out of the eight, if the current form's anything to go by, is the Eels. They've got the Warriors this weekend, which, because they'll pull back Daniel Alvaro and George Jennings, uh, who are on loan to them, that's probably possible. The week after, then they play the Penrith Panthers, who they will not beat. Then they go and play... Parramatta's still got to have that loss you have to have before the finals. Then They might tank. Penrith, you mean? Oh, Penrith, yeah, sorry. Then we've got they've got the Broncos in Sydney, but, you know, the Broncos at some stage are going to win a match. It's <laughs> going to happen, and that'll be a nice one. And then the Eels finish off the season away to the West Tigers. And there's a side that loves to beat them, and it will be the last match of the season. And if the West Tigers are any good at anything, it's losing the last match of the season and coming ninth. Um, str- they'll be struggling to come ninth. Yeah, we've seen it all before. So really, it comes down to they need to lose two. So if the Parramatta Eels are going to fall out because they've got a rotten for and against with all the floggings they've been handed, they have to lose this weekend to the Warriors and next weekend to Panthers, at which point... Either the Roosters or Raiders, whoever loses this match, can still win three of their remaining four and still will go in over the top of Parramatta. There is that world where that can happen. Gee, the wheels fell off the um, Seagulls, didn't they? I'm just looking at the oh, look, and, and you know what the reason is? A lot of teams haven't been affected by the six-again call. A lot of teams, it hasn't really affected them, competitive teams. But when Des came back to the Seagulls last year, the number one thing he put in was... Hold them down until we get our line reset. That's how we're going to win these matches. And we were going back to the 2013 season 
where we had the Roosters and Seagulls playing off, and the number one thing they had in their favour was they were the two teams that gave away the most penalties, yeah, the most penalties on their line, and we had those rollicking um, finals matches which were decided eight points to four. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and he came in and said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to hold them down, we're going to stop the other side. And we, we, it happened to us twice last year, and then we're going to have Tommy Turbo come through and score a great try. Yeah, and he's gone. They don't have Tommy Turbo. And they're getting six again called against him, and eventually their line's breaking. And that's why it's turned, because his veneer was literally only if that rule was not allowed to be exploited. If you look back to the games in the season that we really won that got away, yeah. it was that Seagulls game, it wasn't really it? really was. Yeah. But we, we started off like trash. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing. Our slow start's been killing us. But um, been anything irritating you, Blake, that might make you want to go, On the burst! I think I've used up all my things in Ask. This is the problem. Ask Clown and Blake ask on the first. <laughs> They're too similar now. Well, you gotta, you gotta, have, you gotta have a thing. I had too many Ask Clowns, Ask Clowns, and not enough on the burst. No, there's nothing that's going to make me go on the burst. Okay, well, there, there are reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Um, and it was brought up by one of our Twitter arty, and I cannot remember who it was, and massive apologies to you. This will be the first time this season where we're going to make the finals for two consecutive years since 2004. That is an insane... That is an insane statistic. Um, And thank you. I'm just looking up who it was, and I really apologise for not having that up there. I mean, that was my big fear uh, post-grand final, was that that we wouldn't... You know, we'd we'd be a bit of a one-season... Wondering, oh, oh, James Montgomery. It was James yeah, Montgomery who came up with it on his uh, arms. After, you know, 2016 was so promising and then 2017 was so disappointing. Yeah. And then 2018, the Josh Hodgson oh, yeah. uh, knee, the first the first, the uh, first edition. Of the um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really, that is really encouraging and really pleasing. It is, yeah. and, and they're, they're clearly in it too. So I, I really only think, I don't think, I think the Knights' wheels have fallen off now. They, I think they, they, have, they can have a win, but they just they've fallen away, and I don't think they look so good against us that game. And the sharks are there to make up numbers, and you know they'll probably come out and cane us in the final week just yeah, to really shut up. Me. The sharks, they they're just. Can you they're actually see them beating Penrith? Can you actually see them beating no. the full strength? Well, they've played Penrith twice recently and gotten yeah. smashed. I, I just can't. I can't say. I think they're better than the bottom eight, but I think they're the worst of the top eight. If, if you know. Can they keep on taping Josh Dugan back together for? <laughs> he hasn't been playing the worst football. <laughs> he's he's actually and last couple of years for all the criticisms of um and he was trying to get himself medically retired so the story goes for the start of the season. They're holding him together with sticky tape, but he's actually played a lot of games I, last he, year. He's been playing decent football when I've been watching. He's him so slow these days, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he's coming more into the centre. He's just doesn't work ethic to go into the pack. Um, this another reason to be cheerful is we're going to get another three thousand crowd, and our crowds have been disproportionately noisy. You know, like they have been in the stands and I, lots I, of noise. I, I didn't tell the story beforehand, but um, young Eddie, we went to the game against the Bulldogs uh, on Sunday night, and and. Uh, he was getting very fired up because the people around us were getting very, very fired up about the um, some of the decisions not going our way, and mm. he was in tears by halftime because I think, I, think, I think when people start saying, you know, the ref's cheating as he's out to get us, to him he just takes it all literally. He's like, why is the ref? Anyway, I had to buy him a hot chocolate to cheer him up. In Fair this enough, and good on you. But they, Eddie and Matthew, best, our favourite listeners out there, the refs are out to get us. They are against the Canberra Raiders, so you know you're right to cry. It is frustrating, and we understand that. But there is another reason to be cheerful, and we've talked about it before. But Joe Tarpano, yeah, 
I really enjoy that. And and while Ryan Sutton keeps dropping balls at Inoc, he's really been he's lifted in his effort and his impact as well. I, I've really liked, and he's gone into the front row this week, which I have not seen coming from a long way off. But he's really putting his back into his work. You know, he's. I mean, where was he, where was he named a couple of weeks ago when he played the two hundred meters? Was that a was he named at lock or prop? no? He swapped into lock. Yeah, on that one there. He may have played. Prop, there's not much difference, but there's there, not much. He difference. was very good. Anyway, so let's look at the uh, the Roosters. It is the battle for fourth. SBW cam, we've got that's there. But you look at the the Roosters side. I look at the Roosters side, and SBW is the least the least of, of our, our worries. worries. Yeah, and, and it's just it stands out like the bollocks in, on in, it. In in terms of the team that they could name, and I, we had a bit of a ch- chat beforehand. Yeah, you've still they're missing um, Radley and Verrills, but they've kind yeah. of they've kind of moved as good as Radley was at the start of the season. They've kind of moved on from oh, those guys. I think Radley's a big loss. Yeah. I think he's a big loss, but I think they can cover it because they're starting off with Takiaho, Friend, and Rhea Hargraves, uh, Tupanua, Cordner in the second row, and Louis at lock. That's pretty damn good. But the back line: Flanagan, Kiri, Manu, Morris, J, Morris B, Tupo, and Tedesco, and then you go to the bench of Lusick. Collins, Butcher, and Williams. Um, and that's a really, really good side. Up against us with Ryan Sutton, Havili, and Papali in the front row. Uh, Whitehead and Bateman in the second row, which is great. And Tarpanate. So our pack is good. Our pack will give as good as they get. There's no question there, but we're up against a top pack there. And then our back line of... Um, just a reminder again, if you want your warped <laughs> records uh, straightened out, please bring them in to Landspeed Records because they, in fact, um, somewhere, not here, of course, because we're not in the storeroom at Landspeed Records, have a machine to actually flatten out your warped records. Um, so the back line, we've got Georgie Williams, Jack Whiten, Curtis Scott, who will play, apparently, in spite of the fact that that leg looked bloody. In, in spite of the fact that he's got a metal plate. It's When Ricky said that about the metal plate, um, in his leg. And I, look, I've been liking Curtis the last few weeks and I was mm. liking him in that game. One of the things um, that you realise when you're at the, the ground so close, uh, God, he's loud. Mm. He's got yeah. a lot to say, Curtis. <laughs> he's, he's, he's saying a lot. He's, he's got saying, a lot to say, Curtis. A lot of it's quite X-rated as well. He's, he's telling uh, people things. He's um, telling people things. A lot of things you can't when Ricky revealed, share. When Ricky revealed that he has a, an almost metal plate in his leg, mm. that didn't sort of make me my initial feelings that he it was a, a troubling signing, hearing that he's got a massive metal plate in his, his leg, didn't reassure me. Yeah. Well, damaged goods. He's, Hashtag he's, damaged he's goods. He's been named, right? And then we've got Jared Croker in the centres. Then on the wings, we've got Kotrick and Rappen. And then at the back, we've got Nickel Klockstad. So we've got pretty much our full strength field yeah. team on the field. On the bench, we've got Starling, who's been doing a how great good, job. How good was he starting as well last week? Yeah, he was good. I think he won't start this week, just given the size yeah. of, of the of the Roosters pack. I think they'll not go that with... the Bulldogs had a small pack. No, they that, didn't. But... Ogden, sorry. Ogden's a massive. He is, but sorry, let me go with the quality. Yes, of the, the quality because because they had Talamariner and Ogden. Yeah. There's a big pack. They had some good stuff in there. Um, we've got Starling, then Louis, then Hudson Young, who I, has been playing great football. Um, and Hawira Naira on the on. I was pleased the to see he didn't. Uh, they didn't follow up on that charge from that. There, there was, was nothing, nothing into it. His arms crossed across his chest. It might have been a little bit late. It might have been a, a penalty, but it sure as yeah. hell wasn't anything else. Nah. I don't know where Chris Butler is coming with that. Mostly because he's an idiot. Um, the last five between these sides have been decided by six points or less. I would be very surprised if this match is decided by more than six points. Um, but the Roosters did win 
this time last season, this match. And it was not fun. No one enjoyed it. Um, at that stage, a lot of us thought our run was over. But it turned out mm. it wasn't. Um, and then the next time we played them, again, they beat us. But again, we took it right up to them. And they won the last time they were here. But now, we get to the, the, the bit that everyone loves, looks forward to every week, which is the extended bench. He's on the extended bench. Now, the Raiders have Sammy Williams, uh, Tomoko, Matt Tomoko, lovely young man. Talked to him last match. Um, very he, he played well. He did. He played very yeah, it's, well. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? That I always say every time Ricky names an outside back mm. on the bench, they have to come in. We actually end up using them because yeah, it's yeah. always the old thing is, yeah, yeah. I don't put an outside back on the bench because you won't need them. And then we But did. every single time we've had one, whether it's Oldfield or... You or, just put an outside back on, I think. Well, we don't, have, we don't have one this week. Well, he's good, but Harley Smith Shields will be well again soon, which would be nice because I think he's a very good long-term prospect. I would have liked to see Matt Tomoko's afterburners on, just see him in the clear because that's what he's really got. He's fast ass, but he was good. Um, Kai O'Donnell... And Sammy Valamay, who's back from his hey. injury, which is great. Now, then there's the extended bench for the Roosters. It's Angus Crichton, Mitchell Orbison, Famasuli, and Drew Hutchison. This week, I'm going to give the extended bench to the Roosters. Yes, that is a very that is a very good extended bench. Well, a, I wonder if I wonder if Crichton might still uh, come into the Roosters 17. Yeah, I, I think he might. Or Orbison. Yeah. Either or. But the question is, who who would they push out at this point? Um, SBW. <laughs> it's interesting to see that they do have Drew Hutchison still on there, but no doubt he'll he'll get um, knocked off. They don't have an outside back on their bench um, at all. So. I guess that's I guess that's the thing about Orbison, isn't it? If you do, oh, but you could. I think that um, Crichton could go to centre as well. I'm not like put, Orbison. Can. Yeah, Orbison but I think I think they've I think they've put um, Crichton at centre in the past. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, you you could um, you could with um, the roosters, you know, take someone out of the yep. halves and put them into yep. the backs, and then put one yep. of the forwards into there. You know, moving right along, moving right along. But you know, it, 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 it's a good. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, now we're looking at the Huawei sponsorship. Well, the Canberra Raiders, you know, we we there's we've definitely a victim. I would say as much as Huawei have cited changing um, corporate conditions in Australia, mm. and obviously that's that's a part, and the fact that you know. Um, They've been barred from 5G. That's no surprise either. Anyone would have would have always seen that coming. Um, they've blamed um, changing corporate conditions. I think this really, we the Canberraiders really are a victim of the uh, ongoing disharmony, bordering on a trade war between China and Australia. Mm. It's it's quite sad. It's quite sad. But having said that, look, you know. We were probably lucky to get the money out of the first place. Oh, and look, and, and you know what? Regardless of anything else that might be out there that's outside the bounds of football, hasn't it been nice to have a sponsor, a good sponsor, for the amount of time we've had that's put the money into the club at the time when a lot of people wouldn't have put that money into our club? Yes, and and here's the thing. Although uh, in the COVID point, you know, people say it's not a great time to be looking for a new sponsor, the Raiders... Uh, in terms of how we've, we're positioned generally, yeah, uh, it's it's probably you know it's a pretty decent time for it's us. It's about the best time you can yeah. be looking at a changeover sponsor. So it's probably nice that they're telling, saying it now and giving people thinking, oh well, this is a side where I'll get exposure, maybe not on free to air TV, <laughs> uh, but top I'll get rating on Foxtel. Yeah, yeah this, this is a side that's got something in it, you know. So earlier in the week, I made a bit of an announcement on the the Black and Pork Twitter, and I may have prematurely jumped the gun a little bit, mm-hmm. but. Um, 
I can go into more details now. We are looking into um, Landspeed Records taking over the major sponsorship mm-hmm. of the Camberators. I did a mock up. Did you see the mock up? I did the, see. I did it looks see that. and people said it looked. You got to admit, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? It does. It yeah, does. It, it looks good on there. So I had in a meeting with uh, my accountant yesterday. Yeah. And we we went through some figures. We crunched some numbers. Yeah. Uh, looked at areas where we could maybe tighten our belts a little bit. You know, maybe cut down one of the um, juniors' hours, a couple of hours a week. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Reduce stationing costs, whatever. There's, there's, there's areas we can tighten things, yeah, and yeah. and he's come back to me, and we can come up with about five thousand dollars a year to contribute towards a major sponsorship. So probably falling short a little bit. How much were Huawei paying? It was about a million, you reckon? Or? It was about a million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some, some so so we're so million. we're a little, little bit short of the million a year. But you're I've, a little I've, bit, but look, <laughs> it's really good that you're doing the sums because that's the sort of thing, you know, we're encouraging all businesses to have a look at. Well, it's got... notable that Canberra Milk's come out and started the thing. Hopefully they don't think they're going to get a cut price sponsorship no, deal out of it. I've, I've got an idea though um, to come up with the, the shortfall from the rest of the land speed money. We have about 200 core listeners this show every we week. If we were to do a crowdfund mm. and every single one of those 200 um, listeners were to match the $5,000 mm-hmm. a year, yep. well, we'd have a million. We so we can make it happen, was what I'm saying. We, we can, can make, it, make happen. it happen. My problem is my $5,000 would definitely be limited in opportunity because the instant I put that forward, I would probably be having to deal with a divorce settlement <laughs> before anything else. But going back to the Canberra Milk, I, you should know people, Canberra Milk people, if you're out there listening, and I'm sure you are because you're hardcore listeners of Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Um, I'm loyal to you. I buy Canberra Milk. That is what I buy. I don't buy the permeate stuff crap supermarket special stuff I get the Canberra milk and part of that isn't just that I trust your milk to be the highest quality and coming from the local area it's because you sponsored my football team for so many damn years and that's why I do it so do it again and I'm sure lots of us will get on board yeah I worry about Canberra milk because in back in the halcyon days of 1994 you know when they were on the jersey Canberra milk was pretty much it yeah whereas now there's so many more Milks, cheap supermarket brand milks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're in they're in the supermarkets. They are accessible. You can buy them. More at the IGAs than you. Than I, Coles, my, I buy them from the Woolies. Constantly at the Woolies. I don't know about Coles, but I, at the Woolies, they're always there, and I'm always buying it. Good on you, mate. They've got the, the full-strength stuff. They've got the skim milk, and they've got the high-low. All fantastic products. And you know what? Do you, get, do you ever get the old gold? No, no, I never get the old gold. But it's out there. It's out there, and it's good. <laughs> No, no. Do you like a creamy top? No, no, I don't like. I never did. You remember the old gold? Yeah, I used to pull the thing I off and have that first like slug out. I, know, of the I, was, I was always a red top man. A red yeah, top. Yeah, no, I, we used, I, to, get, like we used to get the orange top, and I had that first slug off the bottle. And... Oh, no, it's just it's greasy. I just don't like it. No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm your, your standard uh, full cream milk is where I'm at. There you go, and and it's very good. But yeah, absolutely. Think about it, people. Think about your sponsorship. So you pretty uh, much poo-pooed my idea from the onset. So you basically said you're not going to be part well, there's of it. There's 200 of us. I'm one of the 200. I'm not going to be able to come up with the cash. Okay. There is no belt tightening that will allow that. Um, but now we got to look at who's got a lift. Who? And you know what? This this player hasn't been down on form, but we need him to go to that special level. Well, I almost he was almost on the short list. To be on the short list for um, Ask Clown of the Week this week. Is that right? Yeah. And we're, of course, because talking it, about the great man, John Bateman. And and couple reasons. One was, yeah, uh, the kicking game. Put away the kicks, John. Uh, I want Ricky to take away your, your license to kick on the second tackle. I know we were up. Disagree. But it's happened, it's happened a couple of times Disagree. now. Disagree. It's happened a couple of times now. For my opinion, 
and this is what I'm talking about, is that if we're going to win against the Roosters, he's got to bring the X game. And sometimes what Johnny Bateman thinks is right, the thing that's going to put... He's, there's nothing predictable about him. The thing that puts the fear of God in the opposition is they have no idea what he's going to do. Of course, sometimes it doesn't come off, e.g. that kick on the second tackle or B, winding up Bill Cackett, kick out. Um, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't come off, but other times it really does come How off. How much would we all love to see um, Sonny Bill Williams come on and match up against John Bateman and Bateman get stuck into him? That would be the highlight of all highlights. Oh, I think the best thing to do, and it's one of the things you have to do, is don't try and be getting in the face of their players. Play our own game and play it better. And that's that's the key here. It's like play our own game. We don't have to get stuck in it. Every time we've had the history of getting stuck in them, remember when Josh Hodgson was getting stuck in Dylan Walker? Yeah. Backfired horribly. Yeah, it's you true. Know, I, don't, I don't want that stuff. Just play our own game. Concentrate on that. And when we play our own game well and we beat them, we don't have to say anything. I mean, Curtis will say something anyway, regardless of what's going to happen. So, whatever. But uh, Be yeah. like Josh Papali. Just let your actions yeah. speak louder than your words. And you remember last time we played them, that bear got poked. And uh, maybe that's why Angus Crichton's on the extended bench rather than actually on the field because they don't want to you know, make <laughs> Papa angry again. So what have you got for us in the way of Blake Stradamus? Nothing. You got nothing. You got no predictions. <laughs> nothing. You got nothing. By the way, by the way, I may have taken forward your concept of young Oliver Gildart um, forward and tested it with certain people in the club. And um, they they weren't averse to the concept of guilt art, but I think they're more likely to be prioritising local talent over, you know, well, the outside backs rather than bringing people in. A little more on the Oliver Gildart thing. Uh, there's a couple of things to consider. One is, yeah, the squad's going to be 28 next year. Yeah. So there's the possibility that since we've seen the injection of, of, of some players that we didn't really... We knew about Harley Smith Shields at the yeah. start of the year, but Valimi I didn't know that much about. No. And 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 Tomko Tomoko Tomoko Tomoko. Um, so we may not end up signing another outside back. Yeah, well, I don't know whether we will or not, or you know, if players be released, but I don't know who would be released in that. Plus, we've got the the young bloke coming over from England already. Yeah, um, I think he's going to play. Like, I don't think he's come to play seconds. So it really comes play down the, to it. the under 20s playing in local comp this look, year. And look, C is very keen to play on. Whether he's going to play on or not, we don't know. This facial fracture is pretty bad. He's keen to play right now. He's being held back. Yeah, he's actually being held back until they, their role is we've got a duty of care to, to protect him from himself. Of course. And, and that's their thing. Um, Emre Goulder is close. Emre Goulder is close. Horsburgh is not close. So, you know... There's a lot of competition. On the Oliver Gildart um, rumours, we actually got a message from a listener in the UK. Alistair, right? Alistair Hill. Hey, Blake and the Pork. Love the pod. I unashamedly started following the Raiders because of the English tinge. When Bateman, Sutton and Williams left Wigan, I was gutted. But as long as they're going to the Ra- Raiders, I'm happy. Thanks for sending Batty back. It's much appreciated. Let's hope he comes back a grand final winner. Just wanted to mention the Gildart rumours. I've been saying since Sutton signed that Gilly would be going soon. Sorry, Blake, I said it first. Gildart Sutton and Williams are good mates, came through the academy together. He's manoeuvred for a move to the NRL for next season, but will require, quite, uh, will require a transfer fee to move. Ooh, the Raiders this, are very unlikely to go for another no, transfer No, but this fee. is the thing. I, I, if there was a club that would be able to talk uh, Wigan out of a transfer... I think we'd be able to go to Wigan and say, come on, boys, you know. No freaking way. They didn't make their money by, paying, by writing checks. 
No way. I, the chances of us playing a chant. No, that's what I'm saying. Again. That's what I'm saying is that surely now that Bateman's going back and we paid a pretty hefty transfer fee to get him here in the first place. Yeah, but that's not their fault. Yeah, but surely there'd be, there'd be room to cut us some slack on that. Uh, he's out of contract for 2022, so maybe they'll wait uh, till then so they don't have to pay anything. Either way, I think the Raiders would be stupid not to throw some money at him, wouldn't demand a huge fee or salary, I don't believe, and definitely would want to join his former teammates, and adding a GB center to the Raiders can only be a good thing. Good finisher, can play wing if needed, and speed to burn. Get him signed, Ricky. Thanks, Alistair. Yeah, we're on board with that, Alistair. Thanks for your, thanks for your tip. Thanks for, we'll be contacting you for all future um, UK news. Official... I'm calling it now, official UK correspondent, Alistair. All right, nice one. Blake and the Porks, UK correspondent, Alistair. Well done. Um, and you have been listening to the Raiders' uh, third most popular podcast on the internet, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake, and hopefully we'll be back next week to talk all about a victory against the Roosters. How good would that be? Yeah, it would. It would. And for us true believers, believe. Believe. Blake and the Pork. Oh!